It is Team Thames Tuesday here on Fantasy Baseball Today. we got a big, big show for you. Should be a fun one today. Before we get into that, are you hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Adam Azer, Chris Towers, and Heath Cummings. Are you guys fired up? Because this is a this is a big one. This is a good one today. I could not be more excited about the Celtics being in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Cavs in five. Can we just agree, Cavs in five? That's, I would say that's the most likely outcome. Okay, yeah, that seems I'm fair. Not, I'm not I mean, just going to say it. That's well, it the way it goes. It depends. The Celtics have the best player in the series, Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> so it really, uh, it really just depends on which version of the Cavs shows up. He was, uh, he was, he was, he had his moment. I, I did watch the fourth quarter. It was, it was a, even though it wasn't it all that competitive. Sucked. Yeah, but it was, it, I mean, he played so well, it was interesting. Um, today on the show, we're going to talk about some players that we ha- we don't get to talk about all that much. I love a night with only eight games. Let's just be a little bit more creative. We have to talk about the Mariners bullpen. I'm just going to spoil it for you now. I'm going to give you the spoiler alert. You should get, a list of teams out right now because we're playing the feud in about yeah. 10 minutes. All right. Yes. It's time. It is time. Uh, I got a couple of Hey Real Quicks for you. Hey, real quick. Who would you rather have rest of season, Anthony Rizzo or Freddie Freeman? Anthony Rizzo, but I think Freddie Freeman has made it. This is the fact that it's close is much more about Freddie Freeman's development as a player than anything Anthony Rizzo has not done this season. I did move Joey Votto ahead of Anthony Rizzo today. Yeah, I yeah. did not move Freddie Freeman ahead of Rizzo, but my top four. At you first gotta, base, you gotta be considering it at this point. Like I know you and I were both questioning Freddie Freeman. No, but, I've already. But this is a that back. But this is a Daniel Murphy in May of 2016 situation where the gains he's made are pretty clearly legitimate. Well, actually, Rizzo they were basically tied last year. So as long as Rizzo gets back to what. Yeah. What makes him Rizzo, you know, it's gonna, they were, they were very close. He, Rizzo was slightly better in points leagues because he strikes out a lot less. Freeman was slightly better in Roto. But and Freeman yeah, has cut his strikeout rate. It's, uh, oh, that's good to see. And well, he's, you know, he's one of the and best his swing in baseball. strike rate right is now. way down. So, you know, he's locked How in. How long does that take to normalize before we think it's real? Swing and not strike rate normalizes pretty, pretty quickly. Well, Freeman's batting 339, slugging 739, so, you know. Won't be won't be this good all year, but he's he's been outstanding. All right, uh, I don't remember if I asked this last week. We had an interesting trade, and I wanted to put it up to you guys with a hey, real quick. Who would you rather have rest of season, Eric Thames or Jake Arrieta? I believe I'd still stick with Arrieta, but it's like a near wash for me at this point. I keep moving Thames up, and I've dropped Arrieta just a little bit. So if I had strong pitching, which I can't imagine I do, I wouldn't mind the <laughs> Thames side. Um. But it, it's a it's a very fair trade in my opinion. Yeah, for me that's one of those trades that I can't make. You know, like either either side that I'm on, there's almost no chance that I could actually justify making it. Mm. Yeah, I got a trade offer from Chris yesterday that was uh, rescinded. Yeah, I'm trying later. to figure that out. I I I didn't think I was getting enough in my counter offer. Um. So yeah, we need to we need to consider this. So he made you an offer and then pulled it back before you could accept it. Yes, I wasn't going to accept it actually. Oh, okay, good. Uh, so it was a, it was a fair trade, but just it was his Dallas Keuchel for my Stroman and Estrada. Here's the problem: you should have taken that. I we should, both... but if I if I did that, like I've got just terrible pitching. Then I'm gonna have to start 
a terrible you pitcher, you know. Should have invested more in pitching. <laughs> I, I invested a lot more pitching than either of you in that league, and yeah, here we are. Um, all right, so we have more on that a little bit later, including an email about an all-reliever strategy that we should definitely talk about, revisit now. Uh, let's look at yesterday's standouts, and I think we got to start with – so we're going to get yesterday more or less out of the way. We're going to play the feud. we got a lot of team names and a lot of your emails, by the way, at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Start with Edwin Diaz, who walked four batters yesterday in a third of an inning, gave up two runs. Uh, Ten walks now and 20 strikeouts in 15 and a third, but but 520 ADRA for Diaz. They've got some decent options. Steve Ciszek actually came back yesterday. Tony Zick came in and relieved Diaz. Um, I saw someone picked up Zick in that same league, that auction league that we have, which bothered me because I have Diaz. Uh, what do you, is, first of all, would Zick be the guy, hypothetically, and what do you think about this situation? I said yesterday that I wasn't all that concerned about Edwin Diaz losing his job. <laughs> I changed my opinion, not just because he had four walks, but the point when a manager decides I'm not going to let my closer finish this inning, I don't believe he's going to well, get out of it. Usually that comes around four walks. Oh yeah, he has. No, to. no, choice? because I think there's there's an opportunity for top ten closers. They, I, they don't have somebody ready when they come into the game. I think if Craig Kimbrough walked four people, they can't get a get pitcher pulled. ready that fast. They don't. They don't even no, start well, hey, somebody look, up. Aroldis Chapman. Aroldis Chapman got lifted last Sunday at the Cubs in the ninth inning. He didn't get to finish his inning either. I mean, this was just. I will see how many pitches he threw. You have to save his arm at some point. So, I, I, look, I'm obviously you've got to be heightened. Uh, with, oh yes, I'm. I'm, I'm definitely here. worried, and I think Diaz probably. I haven't got to the relievers yet, but he he needs to go down. He threw 28 pitches last night in a third of an inning, so they had to get him. And Zick would be the guy to stash. Do you think? I I really yeah I don't, don't think know. he's particularly impressive. Um. That that's kind of the issue for me is that they're just I don't see a clear guy right now. What do you think about Ciszek? He's had so much trouble staying healthy over the last couple of years. Uh, was it his hip again this year? Don't I threw sixty four innings last year, but he he's had injury issues, and I just I don't know if he's that guy anymore. But he has he has experience in the role that matters a lot to managers. Yeah. He pitched in like the sixth or seventh yesterday, but that was his first game back. All right, so look, uh, Zick, uh, he's got a good ERA. He walks a lot of batters. They also have James Pazos, no chance. Uh, Nick Vincent's having a good year. There's some options there, but, but I haven't seen anything yet. I'm going to look at the Seattle paper right now. I haven't seen anything yet about this being an imminent change or anything, but it had to be brought up. You know who else has to be brought up? Zach Stinkin' Godly. <laughs> oh, God, boy, do I regret what I said yesterday. 56% owned. And I was listening to the podcast yesterday, and nobody seemed to be a big fan of Zach Godley. Okay, I, good, so was it, it wasn't just me. No, uh, no, I, no said, I said terrible things. Yeah, I think very bad. Well, very what do you think here? I, if you look back two years ago, Godley did have a nice season with a 319 ERA and about a strikeout per inning, a lot of walks. Um, is this legit? He had a, he had, well, he looked, walked five guys yesterday, but only gave up one run. Um, I don't believe it's legit. At the same time, I'm not going to completely ignore it any longer. Does that make sense? Like, I, I still think that that Godley's probably not going to end up being a very good pitcher this year. But you look at what he's done in three starts, and the walks are terrible, but the swinging strike rate, I mean, he probably should be striking out even more batters than he is. So, I, I would consider giving him an ad. He's not 
I don't know what the hell to say about Zach. He's Donald. not a must add. He's not good. <laughs> he's he's had a good start to the season. He's going to have a good two start week now, and we're going to look stupid for what we said about him yesterday. No. Yeah, his next starts against the Padres. All right, so we're not, like, rushing to pick up Zach Godley. Let me go back and say something about the Mariners' bullpen. I said Steve Cisek pitched in the sixth, I think I said. Uh, he pitched in the eighth. He got one out in the eighth. Yeah. Um, and I just read a quote from Scott Service that said, well, it was a partial quote, that uh, Diaz's mechanics are out of whack. So hopefully it's just an issue, a mechanical issue. Chris, uh, who stood out to you yesterday, sir? Uh, well, I, th- I think we probably have to talk about Luis Perdomo at this point. I think he's another guy that, like Zach Godley, we've mostly dismissed this season, but he's doing some interesting things. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a 4.19 ERA, but better lately, and and a strikeout per inning, only two home runs allowed, and 34 and a third. Perdomo gave 70% up 70 percent ground ball rate, three and 70 percent unowned. He's only owned in 32 percent of leagues. Uh, six innings, three runs, and a career high nine strikeouts against Milwaukee. Apparently, a very good slider last night for Perdomo. Would you rather have Luis Perdomo or Zach Godley? Perdomo. Perdomo. And the thing is, like, we're having this discussion, and we need to have this discussion, and maybe I'm just approaching it wrong, but I'm not looking for these guys in any of my leagues. Unless they're two-star pitchers, maybe. Well, and they were this week, and I think they got picked up because of that, so it may be tougher for you to find them. But are these guys that that could—let's talk about Perdomo, since you like him better. Is he someone that could— have I'm not gonna say like a breakout, but you know, it's a good solid year and be mixed league relevant for much of the year. I don't know that Perdomo's chances of doing that are much worse than Trevor Cahill. Okay. So I like I'd put him in that same I'm not ranking him in my top sixty or seventy starting pitchers, but he's a guy that needs to be owned until he doesn't. Anyone else? Big standouts yesterday? Um was there just something in the air in uh in Cleveland that made both starting pitchers <laughs> Dreadful because Carlos Carrasco and Chris Archer were both awful. Uh, Carrasco, Carrasco was an injury. Yeah, had to leave the game. Um, I would say talking up just to talk about a hitter, uh, Domingo Santana is on fire. And you I love just him. Really hope this is finally it's clicking. He's going to be good. Yeah, you know something? We might have to break out the old uh, the old theme song. Yes. Domingo Santana. Yeah, we might have to break that out tomorrow. I might have to throw that on there tomorrow. I would like that. I just, I continue to have a problem with, it, it might just be a mental block at this point with everyone on the Brewers. That I just like, they're okay. All, they're all really good. If Domingo's, well, sure, they might all be, but if Domingo Santana's breaking out, who gets left out? Well, nobody well, right now. Like Santana, like, right, you mean right when now, Lewis Brinson comes up? Well, sure. We're, we've all got we've got Lewis Brinson in our top 100s probably at this point. We expect him to come up at some point. We're hoping for a Ryan Braun trade at some point, but that's not necessarily a guarantee. He gets. Uh, does he have his 10-5 rights now? Yes. Yep. Um, there's just there's a there's a lot of dudes there, right? And a lot of guys that we like, and a lot of guys that we've talked about. Oh man, this guy's figuring it out, and it, it's just. It that's why it's hard for me to get excited about anyone, even though I think they're all in their own context very exciting. Well, I've been using Hernan Perez at second base in a in a deeper league, fourteen team league, and he's been he's been good for you know a week and a half or so. Uh, they're just hitting really well. Thames sat yesterday. Thames has tired legs, by the way, so there's your Thames watch. 
Uh, he, I think he and Aaron Judge both both are playing a lot more, you know, than they ever have, and and obviously doing a lot better. And Judge is striking out a lot lately, so keep an eye on regression with those guys, especially Judge. I think uh, over the last 15 games, he's got like a 33% strikeout rate. Yeah, he's still he's still producing he's, a little bit. But... He's still crushing the ball, so it might not matter. But it's worth noting that a big part of what made us, you know, really buy in was the improved strikeout rate. Yep, yep. It is something to keep an eye on there with Aaron Judge. All right, I'm going to give you your quote of the day. We'll do the news. We'll play the feud. Quote of the day is from Padres manager Andy Green. How many of you out there actually knew the name of the Padres manager? You can answer that amongst yourselves. Um, he said, quote, he was swinging at a ton of pitches out of the strike zone, which gives him limited opportunity to show that power. He's starting to shrink that zone. Pitchers are starting to come back toward him, and then he drives the ball in the gap and drives runs in. He's making the adjustment back to the league, and that's really good to see. That is Andy Green on Hunter Renfro, who's 46% owned, had a walk-off home run and four RBIs yesterday, and he has drawn at least one walk in five straight games, seven walks, Still five strikeouts in, in his last five games. So Renfro is, look, he's had a bad season. He's batting 217 with seven home runs and 43 strikeouts to only 11 walks. But consider 11 walks and he had seven of them in his last five games. Uh, are you, are you thinking it's time to pick up Hunter Renfro right now? 46% on. I've still got him below the Brewers outfielders in my, in the pecking order. There's just a lot of outfielders. Yeah, there really are. He is swinging at fewer pitches outside of the zone over the last 15 games. That's dropped to 32.7% from his season rate of 36%. So that's a good sign, but he just he doesn't make much contact when he swings, and that's an issue right now. What about Buxton or Renfro? Uh, Renfro. I would go Buxton. Okay, yeah, look, Buxton's a little similar because he had a stretch where he was walking a lot. And we were kind of encouraged, and now it's like, well, he didn't really do anything with that. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so uh, big news. Esdrubal Cabrera has torn ligaments in his thumb. He wants to play through it, but Cabrera might end up on the DL. So we've already told you to stash Ahmed Rosario to do it. Uh, nice little autocorrect here. Cleveland outfielder Abraham Almonds is going on the DL with a shoulder injury. That's Abraham Almonte. So they're going to play Lonnie Chisenhall. At center field, it sounds like, on a regular basis. And he's been hitting the ball really well this year. He has. I I don't know that I really understand why, but it's something to keep in mind, at least in deeper leagues. Yeah, actually, uh, Chisholm Hall is 13% owned. He's homered in two straight games, batting 282. They have the third most at bats against lefties, Cleveland. And that's usually a bad thing for him. And he sits against lefties. He only has 10 at bats. He's 4 for 10. With a home run against left-handed pitchers. So, Chisinau, but, but the question is, I said stash Ahmed Rosario, what about Bradley Zimmer? Could you see him coming up? I don't believe that's in the cards in the very near future. Uh, he's tearing it up right now. I think Zimmer's on like a seven-game hitting streak. Yeah, I wish they would. So, alright, it's another name to put out there on your radar. What about Mac Williamson? The uh, Giants called him up as Pence is on the DL. Do you care at all about Mac Williamson? Not really. Okay, NL only. Carlos Carrasco left with pectoral tightness. Josh Donaldson could be back this weekend. Now, Carrasco, by the way, isn't sure he's going to miss his next start. We'll see. Uh, but Donaldson could be back this weekend. A.J. Pollock's on the DL. No timetable with his groin injury. Mark it was Bel- a grade one, so that was oh, good. positive news. Grade the, grade the groin injury. Grade one. 
Uh, Mark Melanson seems to be recovering well from his elbow injury. And James Paxton is making good progress. Robinson Cano, not so much. Now, he is expected to play today, but they've been saying that, so we'll see. Uh, I didn't mention this when Blake Snell got demoted. Erasmo Ramirez is moving into the Rays rotation next time they need a fifth starter. What is your level of interest in Erasmo Ramirez? AL only. Yeah. Really? All right. Maybe the 16-team for the People League if he has two starts. Okay. You have to prove that with Chris or – no, I don't ask Chris before I make moves. I just make them, and I expect him to do the same. <laughs> Carlos Gomez is out four to six weeks with a hamstring strain. Adrian Gonzalez will begin a rehab assignment today. Do you anticipate any Bellinger playing time issues when Gonzalez gets back? Not with Tolls out for the year. Bellinger can just play outfield. All right, and Thames missed yesterday's game with sore legs, as I mentioned. Travis Shaw, sore fingers. And it's time for a shout-out to Pam, Dean, and Evan. This is a father, mother, and son that all listen to our podcast. I think that's pretty neato. So what's up, guys? Thank you for listening. Uh, and listen, if you're out there and you're an employer and you're hiring, I want to talk to you about ZipRecruiter and our free offer so you can find the right candidate for your job opening. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Look, you're a fantasy owner. Your job is to acquire talent, make your team better, and companies aren't any different. Successful businesses need top talent. Where do you go when you need a scout for new employees? ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. You can't find the best candidates by posting your job on one site. You need to post on all the top job sites, and now you can with ZipRecruiter. You can post your job to 100-plus job sites with one click. Then ZipRecruiter's powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. That's awesome. Right now, our listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com. Slash strike. All right, it's Team Thames Tuesday. And here's the game show edition from Mitch in honor of the feud, which we're about to play. The Bryce is right. Yep. Familia feud. Yep. Wheeler of fortune. Yep. Press your Pollock. Okay. Let's Michael, let's Michael deal. Like Michael Franco? No. No. (laughs) Who wants to be a millionaire? Oh, come on. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I like that one. Thames that tune. Yeah. Super Marte sweep. Deal, Sano deal. That's good. Okay. All right. Here we go. Let's play the feud. The top six answers are on the board. Give me the top six catchers in Roto. Heath. Salvador Perez. Is number two. Pa- uh, oh, Chris gets a chance to get number one. Chris? Uh, Buster Posey. Buster Posey is your number one catcher. Pass or play, Chris? I will definitely pass. All right. Top six catchers at Roto. We got Posey and Perez off the board. Heath, the Cummings family has three strikes. Go ahead, Heath. Brian McCann. Brian McCann is number three. Good for you. Um, I don't think this is still a deal, but I'll say it just... To try to get one of the hard ones, Alex Avila. No. Eh. Um, Matt Weeters. Eh. Hmm. Evan Gettis. 
Evan Gaddis is incorrect, and it is the Towers family chance to steal. Three answers left on the board, Chris. We're looking for the top six catchers in rotisserie format. And so we've got the top three. Posey, Perez, and McCann are gone. You don't have that much time to mess around Yes, Vonnie Grundahl. Is correct. He is number five with his... Double streak, because Monty Grandal has been hot lately, uh, now batting yeah, Batting average up to near 300. Yeah, 291 batting average, 13 walks, 25 strikeouts, and uh, nine doubles, which I Going think is the most. Going against the fly ball revolution. Ah. Hitting much more ground balls this season. Uh, potentially trading some power for some batting average and on-base percentage. Well, like, I mean, we talked about this. I never understood the low batting average for Grandal. I think you said he was a pop-up guy or fly ball guy or whatever but yeah yeah but the walk to strikeout ratio was always pretty good and he was hitting like 230 so and and he had that year grandal two seasons ago where he entered the last month of the year with just just a tremendous season like good batting average everything was good and then he went like four for 80 like legitimately it was right after a shoulder injury yes uh, so you feel like this is we we liked him we liked everybody liked grandal right breakout preseason this is looking good here Yes, he's a very good player and uh, uh, is a no-doubt must-start fantasy catcher. Let's see who else was on the board. We need the number four and the number six. Number four was— oh, Hold on, I just won. Yeah, you won. You, you're up okay, one to nothing. Good. good. Yeah, Chris, Chris, okay. Oof. I'm going to write it I down. I just want to make sure. <laughs> Austin Hedges, number uh, four, leads all catchers with eight home runs. For like another two days. And this was the most surprising one to me. Yadier Molina, number six. Uh, I don't Shows get it. Shows up for work every day. I guess so. I did want to talk about Brian McCann. Because I looked at some of the numbers. And I feel like he's been really lucky. He's <laughs> McCann is hitting more ground balls. He's not hitting the ball any harder. F- home run to fly ball. By, uh, home run to fly ball ratio. Way up for McCann. Take a look at his batted ball profile and and tell me. Also, he's hitting very well against lefties, uh, batting 304 with a 709 slugging percentage against lefties, doing things that I just didn't think he was capable of doing. So, McCann. Are you trying to say he McCann't keep this up? Not only can he McCann't keep this up, but but I don't know. Like, it's been a bad position. I, so you're I not Brian it? I can't say I'm selling high on McCann just because what the heck are you getting? Right. You need your catcher, but I, I, it's, it just seems like complete, complete fluke right now to me. But 16 walks, 16 strikeouts is pretty damn impressive. I, yeah, I mean, he's been a, maybe a little bit lucky, but it doesn't, like, he's a top 10 catcher. It's not, it's sucks. not actionable. He, and right, I thought he was right. going to be terrible this year, and he's not been that, and I don't, his numbers don't suggest he should be. I shouldn't say a complete fluke, but, uh, it, He's been a nice surprise, let's say that. I okay. will say it was it was delightful to watch the Astros dugout go crazy after Alex Bregman hit his first home run on Sunday. And oh, the camera yeah. pans over Brian McCann, and he's completely stone-faced because he can't celebrate or have fun ever. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that about him. I didn't. Oh, know. yeah, he is He is the fun police for sure. Even on Jeter Day, he wouldn't do that? Jeez. Oh, he is the... the Major League Baseball's official fun police. All right, next category. Chris, the Towers family is up one to nothing. Top five, top five answers are on the board. I'm looking for the top five second baseman in rotisserie leagues. Beep, 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 beep. Chris. Uh, let's go with Daniel Murphy. Daniel Murphy is number three. Congratulations. Uh, but you, but Heath has a chance to get the number one answer. 
or two? Oh, man. Let's go with Jose Altuve. He's number two. I'll let you decide, pass or play. Oh, I'll, I I have no pass. Okay, he's passing. Okay. So wait, hold number on. Let's one. set the scene. We're, we need the top five second baseman in Roto. We've got number two, Altuve, and number three, Daniel Murphy. And Chris Towers looking to lock up a win here. What do you got? Number one's Matt Carpenter, right? Incorrect. Oh, he's in the top five at least, right? Not in Roto. This is oh, uh, this is ridiculous. He's not in, he's not in points either. This is ridiculous. And next um, guess. Well, that was the only guess I had, so <laughs> I'm uh, I'm kind of kind of screwed here. Five. Oh uh, man. Three. Two. Jeez, there are one. No and that's two strikes. Are you looking at the teams? I'm looking at the teams. All right, come on. We need a guess. You got two strikes. Five, four, three, two. <laughs> this is uh, pathetic, yeah, Chris. Yeah, no, this is not good. Yeah. Uh, Zach Kozart. No, Zach Kozart, perfect. I think I can name all three of them. Great guess. Three strikes for Chris. Cummings family has a chance to steal. Robinson Cano. Is number five. Starlin Castro. Is number one. Cesar Hernandez. Is not correct. He's number seven. Okay. We're missing number four. Oh. That is Jose Ramirez. Chris Owings. Oh, come on. Chris Owings. Where is Jose Ramirez? So much more fun when oh. the other person is How is Jose Ramirez and Matt Carpenter not there? That's ridiculous. Yeah, these guys have been very good. Let's, how about Starlin Castro, number one, and Chris Owings, number four? Do you see uh, anything legit here, guys? Um, I, we've we've seen too many stretches like this from Starlin Castro to think that this is some kind of new thing for him. Uh, yeah. So no, I'm in his case, I'm not buying it. But Owings, I think we've already all moved way up from where we had him at the start of the year, and he's a borderline starting second baseman or shortstop. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he is. Is he outfield eligible too? Yep. Owings is slumping a little bit. Now, Castro, what I wanted to see with, with Castro was whether or not he was, uh, swinging at fewer pitches outside of the strike zone. And he really isn't. So, and, and <laughs> last seven games, cause I think that's his biggest issue. He just, he's just chasing everything, you know. But, uh, last seven games, Castro's batting 188 with one home run, no walks, and eight strikeouts. So it yeah, could there, be happening. There's no reason to buy this. Um, Owings, slumping a little bit. But he's batting 286 in his last 13 games. The only problem is he's just not walking, not hitting for any power. One walk, 15 strikeouts in in uh, those 13 games. So I don't know. Yeah, I know there's been some excitement about him. I don't quite see all that much reason to be excited about him. I think he's moved up my rankings mostly because I didn't have him very high to begin with, and there's not a ton of competition right now, especially at shortstop. Right, that's the, that's the biggest thing he has going in his favor is the fact that he can play shortstop. But yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have him very high at second base still. All right, so here's what happened. So I had a third category, and then I realized this morning that I screwed it up. So what do you guys think I should do? You want to do a pitching category, a hitting category, whatever you want. You're the uh, the host. I will play any game that you uh, put out there. I think you should just look at the leaderboard and look for a top five at a certain position and we will guess and then whoever well, it gets has it right wins. Interesting. You know, yeah, I know. That's the problem yeah, here. Do starting pitcher. Okay, starting pitcher. Let's do let's do this. Top okay. five starting pitchers walks issued. 
the most walks issued? Yes, or the, the least? most most walks issued by a starting pitcher. Heath, you buzzed in. Um, Danny Salazar. <laughs> Danny Salazar is incorrect. Oh. Uh, well, that, that would have been my guess. <laughs> this this category sucks. Yeah, that was Blake that. Snell. Blake Snell's correct, but I'm gonna pick a new category. Okay. <laughs> Let's do. Uh, <laughs> Let's do strikeouts. Top five pitchers strikeouts. Go. Heath. Danny Salazar. Danny Salazar is not <laughs> correct. Stop guessing Danny Salazar. Chris. Chris Sale. Chris Sale is number one with 85 freaking strikeouts in 58 and two-thirds innings. Uh, pass or play? I will pass. Okay, good good choice. Uh, Heath, <laughs> you, are, you are up, sir. Zach Grinky. Uh, no, good guess. He's seventh with, uh, 44. No, no, how many strikeouts does he have? He's seventh with, uh, 58. Hmm. So, okay. Um, Max Scherzer? Max Scherzer is correct. Number two. 70 strikeouts. Fantastic. That's great. Um, so I have number two. Let's, this guy was just really bad, but Chris Archer? Chris Archer, number four, with 65 strikeouts. So you've got two strikes left. We need number three and number five on the strikeouts list. I, Robbie Ray? Number six. Very good oh, guess. So, eh. so we got uh, Sale, Ar- uh, Scherzer, Blank, Archer, Blank. Kershaw? Not correct. Kershaw, 57 strikeouts in 55 and two-thirds. That's three strikes for you. The Towers family has a chance to steal. By the way, this round is worth three points, so whoever wins, wins Fantasy Feud. If it was worth one, whoever wins would win Fantasy Feud because we're tied. <laughs> That's Jacob a great point. DeGrom. Great point. Uh, Jacob DeGrom is correct, and he and Chris wins 4-1 to one on the three-point round. Three-pointer what? for Chris. Jacob what? DeGrom what? is third. Ah, who's fifth? This is worth eight points if you can get it, Heath. Who's fifth? Fifth in strikeouts. Yeah. Pitches uh in a West division. Oh, well, that makes it a lot easier. NL West. Uh-huh. Not Colorado or Arizona or San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> he pitches for the Giants. Madison Bumgarner? Jeff Samarja, you dope. Bumgarner. Come on. You lost eight points. Now it's Chris four, Heath negative seven, and this game wow. is over. Okay. Dominance. How about, uh, how about Kershaw, by the way, being really good this year, but not as good as he was last year? Um, there was a, um, yeah. there was a piece on the ringer about how his slider had been really kind of mediocre for the first few starts of the season, and he seemed to figure it out over the last couple of starts, so that's a good sign. Kershaw's also had two starts at Coors Field already this year. So and he did yeah, he did fine, but but yeah, about a strikeout per inning for him. Do you still think? Do you true or false? Buy or sell? Buy or sell? Clayton Kershaw is the number two pick in fantasy drafts right now. If we're drafting today, so uh, yeah, I'd sell. Okay, but I think we'd all probably have him higher than he was. Well, where would you have him? You go Trout one. Where do you think you'd have? I think Betts is Kershaw. still number two. Harper's three. Yeah, Harper might be too. Uh, but I think Kershaw's in the discussion right after that. I okay. think I'd still take Bryant, and I'd still take Machado, and I'd still take Arenado, and I'd still take Goldschmidt. 
You know what? Hold uh, that thought. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a round one draft at some point. Probably maybe this week or next week. We'll. Okay. Did you see Goldschmidt has thirty eight steals over the last three hundred sixty five days. Wow. How many times has he been caught stealing? Once. Uh, probably not many. Look that up. I'm gonna say once. He had some crazy streak going. Uh, news and notes. Dan Straley left after being hit on the arm by a comebacker. They believe it's a minor injury, and he was pitching pretty well. You know, Dan Straley, I'll just get the stat right now instead of guessing. He has given up, where are you, Dan Straley? Uh, he has given up 24 hits in 43 innings, Dan Straley. 55% owned. Rather have Straley or Godley or, or, uh, Perdomo? Straley. Yeah, I might take Perdomo, but they're in the same range. Drew Pomerantz has no structural damage in his arm. You need some pitchers? Steven Matz and Seth Lugo will begin uh, a rehab assignment. I think uh, they'll pitch in a minor league game on Thursday. And, look, Matz, you know, whatever. But Lugo, Lugo's not bad. And do you think he could get in the rotation in a few weeks for the Mets? There, there's there's room. <laughs> there's <laughs> opportunity. Can he, can he get through a rehab assignment without getting hurt? The problem is his injury was more severe than Steven Matz, wasn't it? Well, Isn't they're both pitching. pitching. A partially torn UCL. Oh, I don't remember. All right, uh, well. Paul Goldschmidt has 38 steals and five caught stealing. Five, damn it! All right. Terrible. Uh, Jose Altuve, he limped off the field on Sunday. He just needed bigger shoes. His Mother's Day sh- pink cleats were too small. He's fine. Junior Guerra, he began a rehab assignment, and again, you're desperate for pitching. Junior Guerra will be on a waiver wire coming to you soon. Uh, coming near you? Coming, I don't remember. Coming soon to a, to a waiver wire near you. There you go. Uh, Logan Forsyth is going to DH in a rehab game today. Alright, let's do some emails and tweets and hear from the people. Let's do this, see if we can do this kind of quickly here. Mike in Nueva York. I don't, don't know where that is. Is it time to consider Michael Conforto this year's Mookie Betts without the speed? Uh, no. I, I do not think that is uh, fair to Michael Conforto at all. I am excited about him, and I'm glad. Like I think he's a borderline top 30 outfielder, but no, he's not making the jump into the first round. Okay. Is Michael Conforto still... We sort of brought him up as a sell-high candidate. What would you look for if you were selling Conforto? If somebody thinks he's an ex-Mookie Betts, then he's a great <laughs> sell-high candidate. Would you, sell would you for... trade him right now for A.J. Pollock? I would trade him right now for A.J. Pollock. Oh, man. I don't think I would. And actually, before Pollock got hurt, I really thought he was a great sell-high candidate because he was going to play 140 games. And they really did rest him a lot. And that just limits his value quite a bit. I'm still not sure that Michael Conforto is going to play or hit left. I am 100% sure he is going to play every day. I just I don't see how they can justify keeping him out of the lineup at this point. Well, they... They like might actually face some left-handed pitchers at some point, and he might be terrible against them. <laughs> well, still. who are they going to sit him for? Well, what? Okay, when Cespedes like, comes back, play? Cespedes is coming back. When Cespedes okay. comes back, it gets but they, more interesting. But that would still mean that they have Cespedes, Jay Bruce, Curtis Granderson, Michael Conforto. Who's he sitting for? They've always played Granderson against lefties, so I would assume right. But Granderson's been awful this season. Lagares started talking about playing Conforto over Granderson when. Seth okay, he may play every day against lefties. I, I don't necessarily feel the conviction that you do, but I'm not certain that he can hit lefties. I think that's fair. Yeah. I I, I could see him getting, you know, one every, out of every three lefties, you know, he sits or something like that. But And th- it 
Conforto. This is a guy that in parts of three seasons now has a 40% hard contact rate each season. He's he's an elite batted ball guy. Okay. Would you trade him for Arietta Conforto? Yep. Yeah, I'd rather have Arietta. Okay. Tyler Wilhite. Add Alex Wood or Barrios in a 10-team Roto Keeper League, and I'd be dropping John Gray. I don't think I would drop John Gray for them. No, I don't think I would either. I mean, if I, I could understand being in a situation where you just don't have any healthy pitchers and Gray's your worst one in the DL. In that case, I, I would probably... I'd add Alex have, Wood in that case. Because at that point, you're not worried about the long term anyway. You're worried about the short term. And Alex Wood, I think, is the better short-term pitcher. Yeah, it's a keeper league, so dropping John Gray. That's yeah. exactly my point, is that if you're going to drop John Gray, then you need help right now. Yeah. And you should go with the guy who seems like a more sure thing. It's a keeper league, and Jose Barrios is not owned. It's 10 teams. John uh, Gray's about to not be owned. Yeah, John Gray pitches for the Rockies. All right, this is from Eric. Are any of the following guys droppable? Ian Kinsler, Todd Frazier, Jonathan Scope. Ian uh, Kinsler, depends Frazier. on the format. Yeah, I think Frazier droppable sure. and head to head. Frazier is yep. a borderline guy at this point. Kinsler's uh, the one guy that I don't think is droppable. Yeah, I want to talk about Frazier. I, I put this in here so we could talk about Todd Frazier because he has been just dreadful. And uh last year he was Frazier was a top ten third baseman. Barely. He had batted two twenty five, but he had forty home runs. Right now Frazier's batting one seventy three. But you like the walk to strikeout ratio, fourteen walks, twenty strikeouts. Uh, remember, this guy had a finger injury in the preseason. He actually had a finger injury at the end of 2016. It popped up in the preseason. And then he had an oblique injury during spring training. So it's, we are six weeks into the season. You know, it, it's time to start taking slumps very seriously. But I do wonder if injuries are the, are the reason for this really slow start for Frazier. Is he a good buy-low candidate, or is he just not going to have that good of a year and almost droppable? He- he has aged so much in the last couple of seasons. Like just in terms of the things that you look at when a guy like a good com- comparison would be like Albert Pujols. When Albert Pujols got really old, what he started doing was hitting a ton of fly balls, hitting a ton of infield fly balls, becoming just a home run or bust kind of guy. And that's where Todd Frazier is right now. And it's just, you know, he's, he's probably like a two fifty true BABIP guy at this point. Which would be a huge improvement from where he's at right, right. now. Right, and he's got he's got room to improve, but I just look at it and I, I I don't see how he hits 40 home runs again. And the, Yeah, the only encouraging thing is you mentioned the walk to strikeout rate. His swing strikeout strike rate is way down. Below 10%. He's always been at like 12%. I have a hard time believing he's just done at 30 he probably shouldn't be dropped in a roto league where you need a corner infielder. The problem is there's just so many third basemen. I don't know how you can rank him in the top 20 right now at the position. Would you rather? Yeah, have... I've got him 17th, but the three guys behind him I could easily justify. I've got Jake Lamb, Nick Castellanos, and Travis Shaw right behind him, and I don't feel good about having him ahead of them. I have all those all those guys ahead of yeah. Frazier. Would you rather have Gurriel, Mr. Grand Slam, last night, or Frazier? I still have Frazier, Frazier. ahead of Gurriel. You know, it's what I find so interesting about fantasy baseball is like okay you when you know regression's coming and that and regression can mean negative or positive mm-hmm. uh take a guy like Rizzo you just moved Votto ahead of Rizzo Heath and we established last week you look at the numbers like Votto might just be better than Anthony Rizzo but they're close right, right. 
But if you think they're going to finish with similar numbers, doesn't that mean that from this point on, Rizzo's going to be better than Votto? That, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't think, like, I think Rizzo has done enough damage to where my expectation for his final numbers in 2017 are lower than they were at the start of the year. Yeah, you My don't expectation think he just gets for his of- performance from right now is still basically the same as what it was, but his overall numbers will be lower. And see, that's where I always seem to disagree. Like, I always used to have this argument with Al. And it's like, you, Al would say that you go to your norms, you know, from like this point on, like Rizzo might be what we thought Rizzo would be, you know, like right. three, so, like good batting average, 32 home runs. And I'm thinking, well, no, like, Hitters slump. There are peaks and valleys throughout seasons. Yeah, but that's not. Well, hold on. I I, I think Anthony Rizzo, and this applies maybe to Todd Frazier too, is just going to get so hot and have a a two three week stretch where everything starts to look normal again. And from this point forward, you might get the best version of Anthony Rizzo. And at the end of the year, the numbers would look the same. But I don't. I I don't know. I understand what you're saying. You can't expect that. Why not? From a guy like Rizzo, from a proven okay. great player. The the simplest analogy, I, I think this is called the gambler's fallacy, and I think the simplest analogy is if you flip a coin ten times in a row and it comes up head each heads each time, you still have a fifty percent chance of getting tails on your next. This row. is the one place, though. Like I understand what you're saying, Adam, mm-hmm. because statistically and math wise, what Al always said was right. And what Chris just said is completely right. It's not exact. Like, these are human beings playing baseball, and they do have hot streaks and cold streaks, mm-hmm. and you have missed the cold streak portion of Anthony Rizzo. And so that does mean, I, I understand what you're thinking. But you, I just, you expect him to play like Anthony Rizzo from now on. No, I expect yeah. him to finish the season with Anthony Rizzo numbers. I expect any Anthony Rizzo season or any insert name here season to have hot streaks and cold streaks, I expect him to obliterate pitching pretty soon and at the end of the year have a season that looks like Anthony Rizzo. I I don't think your way of thinking is the correct one in terms of predictive, uh, trying to predict things, but I also don't think it's 100% wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm 100% right. Like I don't, I don't say this feeling like I'm certain about it or anything. It's just sort of like a theory that not it's not like my theory that a lot of people have. It's kind of an interesting way to evaluate players. Um so okay, moving on, moving on. Uh from Edward, have you heard anything about Ian Desmond playing shortstop while Story is out? They have said they are not going to do that. Well, there you go. Now you've heard something. From Cattell, has the humidor been installed in Arizona yet? If not, when will it be? Yeah, I don't think we have any details on that. Everything went – like, they came out and said they were planning on doing that in about a month. There were, like, five different pieces that came out and said, whoa, this would be a big deal. And then everything just went completely quiet. Like, I have not heard any updates on it. Mm. And I've searched for it, and I'll do so again. Yeah, that, there's there's nothing since – uh since like late April. It's almost like the Diamondbacks saw all these pieces and they're like, huh, let's just not talk about it anymore. Hopefully everybody forget. If it happens, then we've talked a lot about the hitters, but Robbie Ray could, could, you know, oh, he's still going to walk guys, but his ERA could really improve if he's pitching in a much better environment. Robbie Ray. 
I think it would help him and Corbin. And Zach Grinky might have a zero ERA. I don't know if it would help Taiwan Walker. I would think it would help Taiwan Walker. Well, I mean, it would help, but I don't. I don't know. I think it will help all the pitchers. Yeah, I picked Ray because like he has pretty dramatic splits. I, I believe this year, last year was like a half a run or something better at home. Uh, on no, the road. he's over his career, he's been about nearly a two run difference at home versus on wow. the road. He hasn't been. He hasn't been good on the road. Uh, he's got a 372 career ERA on the road, but he's been actively harmful. But if he had a 372 ERA and was like top five in strikeouts, then he'd, yeah, he'd be a very useful yeah, pitcher. Exactly. Uh, all right. This is Chris from Nashville. Mm. It's a good email. Chris has nothing but relievers. Uh, he wants to know how you feel about the all relief pitcher strategy. He's doing well. I asked him how he's doing in his league. He's doing well. It's a categories league. You guys, uh, basically took that approach in Team Scam. Or Team, Team Kreeth, excuse me. Jeez, Team Yeah, don't scam. associate us with that. No, mess. I would never. <laughs> not on purpose. Uh, what do you think, uh, given the landscape, all relievers? Well, okay, so here's, here's the thing. It looks, like it, it sounds pretty good and then you look at the actual guys on here and that you, and then you remember that relief pitching is the, the, the value of the all RP strategy is that you don't have to invest as much in your pitching staff. But it is a good reminder that relief pitchers are among the most volatile assets in all of professional sports. Cause you look at this list and like before the season, Edwin Diaz, Sungwon Oh, uh, Zach Britton, these guys all would have sounded awesome. And so far, those guys have been kind of bad. Oh, they've been, been harming good. his strategy. You have oh, to be more active on the waiver wire in regards to relief pitchers. You need to go get them when they change. Yep. But I, it's my favorite strategy to use in head-to-head categories. Yeah. All relievers or like two starters? I've, I've been going very heavy on relievers, uh, in my, in my main head-to-head categories league. I'm still starting like four or five starting pitchers every week, depending on the matchups, but I've pretty much not looked to start more than that any week. Well, I'll say this. I, I'm definitely leaning to, I wouldn't, I don't want to do this, and if I were setting up a league, I would require some SP spots, so you couldn't just do relievers, but I understand it's popular. Uh, in our 12-team Roto League, the league where if I traded Stroman and Estrada for Keiko, I'd, I would have, have to start just terrible players, like, actually I would just start another reliever, and this week, I starting Matt Albers, just to get a little bit of whip help, because I, I lost, you know, the $3 Neftali Feliz, and, I have just terrible starting pitching, but, but I'm just, I have, uh, really, my mind has been open to the idea of starting relief pitchers that aren't closers in a way that it just never has before. That's, I think, the biggest shift right now for me, uh, with pitching is I might as well just get a good middle reliever than a bad starting pitcher, you know? Okay. Uh, a couple more emails. This is from Kevin in Chicago. Please give Addison from Atlanta the wrong advice. He's not even from Atlanta. The next email uh, is, Kevin, or Addison, draft starting pitchers early. Wait, the next email is from Addison from Atlanta. So they both emailed on the same day, and Kevin said give him bad advice. So I'll let you guys decide what you want to do. Um, Ian Kinsler and Todd Frazier were recently cut in my 10-team league. Uh, would you drop Bregman or Josh Bell or Rendon or Kipnis to pick up Kinsler or Frazier? I drop Bell for Kinsler. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's good advice? 
that was good. Well, advice. Heath gave it, so okay. So sorry, Kevin from Chicago. We are not going to screw over your buddy Addison from Atlanta. It is Team Thames Tuesday, and then we'll finish the show with uh, some more from yesterday, uh, including Brandon McCarthy. Actually, you know what? Team name Team Thames Tuesday can wait. Let's let's talk about these hitters real quick. Are you um, excited to pick up any of the following hitters? Kevin Kiermeyer, who is seven for thirteen with two home runs, two doubles, and a triple in his last four games. Kevin Kiermeyer, fifty-eight percent owned. Devin Travis, who has four doubles in his last two games. Justin Bohr, Lonnie Chisenhall, and Justin Smoke, who are all hitting pretty well against lefties and hitting pretty well overall right now. Kiermeyer, fifty-eight percent owned. Devin Travis, thirty-six. Bohr, thirty-two percent. Chisenhall, thirteen. Smoke, nineteen percent. Kiermeyer would be the one that I'm most most interested in, and I've actually held on to him in a couple of leagues, so I'm I was getting to the point of considering dropping him. Uh, this is the power is not exactly what we expected, but it's nice to see a little bit of positive regression for him. Okay, that's Kiermeyer. I still think Devin Travis is interesting. Um, he's been awful, but. You know, basically a full season before this, he had been really good in his major league career. Um, so I, I'm fine picking him up in a roto league. Alright, well what about Boar versus Smoke? Who would you prefer? Boar. I'll say Boar. I don't really know what, I mean, what to make of Justin just smoking baseballs all over the uh, park over the last week or so. But, um, (laughs) I'm, I'm not really buying into it. Okay. And I was wrong about Kiermaier having a triple in his last four games. He doesn't. I lied to all of you, and I apologize. But he does have a couple of ding-dongs and a couple of doubles. Uh, Team Thames Tuesday. There's going to be some singing here. I'm just letting you know. This is from Dan. Mighty Mighty Boston's. I don't think I can sing this one. I think it would be really embarrassing, so I'm not going Do it. To. Do it. Uh, uh, but he's got, like, uh, such a like a gravelly voice. Never had to knock on wood. Like Tanaka and wood. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Doc Kratzer, our theme song producer. What happens in Vargas? Yep. We got a half like and a Vargas in there. Yeah, that's good. Uh, from Elliot, I'll tear it up my heart. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, from Peter, magic triggs. It's okay. Uh, magic sure. triggs? Triggs? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he also wants to know if Rymel Tapia is going to get any playing time. Uh, n- probably not right now. And this is from Andy on Long Island. WrestleMania? That's pretty good. Looks like WrestleMania. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, WrestleMania. And, uh, Shimp happens. Not sure. bad. Yeah. This is from Jason. I... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I've been sitting here trying to think of a game show one since the earlier segment. I think I got it. Okay, what you got? Uh, the $64,000 Kiramid. Like Kevin Kiermeyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, so more, more good ones. This is from Jason. Kaikalangelo. <laughs> Kaikalangelo. I like that one. Sure. He also wants to know Grandal or Molina rest of season. Grandal. Grandal. Pretty easily. And this is from Mary, who has an even better Joe Biagini song. Believe it or not. Be a genie's, not my glover. It's good. Yeah, it's good. And uh, this is from Jeremy. Make yourself a dang sensatella. Make yourself a dang quesadilla sensatella. No. No? Okay. I, don't, I don't understand the reference. That's from uh, 
vote for Pedro. That movie. Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that movie. I didn't like that movie either. And Chris and I exchanged music suggestions yesterday, Heath. You should know. Oh, I bet that was wonderful. I said, uh, I'm gonna cook some dinner. Give me some music to listen to. Some ro- modern rock music to listen to. And he gave me two suggestions. Okay. Who, one, wh- who were they? One was, uh, Japanimation. What are they called? <laughs> Japan Droids. Japan Droids. <laughs> Japan Droids. And the other was Paramore, which is actually a band that I, I liked, uh, cause I'm okay. a big Haley Williams fan. And, uh, Chris and I disagree about their best songs. I think, um, what, what the heck is well, the name of the their, song? Their later, their later stuff is much better. They've, they've really matured. Oh. Their most recent album is a, uh, is, is a big step forward, I think. I listened to, uh, both bands and the, like, Paramore was fine, the more recent album. I think it was their second most recent album. And, uh, Japanimation was kind of like you said, Heath. Like, I really like the music. Yep. And the vocals come in. It's not that he has a bad voice or anything. It's just like, it's not not like a good, it's not like a great rock voice, I guess. So I don't know. If they put out an instrumental version, I would, I would rock that all day. Japanimaniacs. And, uh, I, I got so fed up with, with it that I was like, okay, that's it. I have to listen to Tom Petty right now. So thank you for. what? Great, great singing voice, Tom Petty. He does have a great singing voice. Ugh. <laughs> He's a good girl. <laughs> and right. look, don't get me wrong, I love Tom Petty, but. He does, he's a great voice. My friend used to joke that if you listen to Tom Petty's greatest hits album, he has about four or five different nationalities, uh, like that he sings with, like, you better watch what you say. Yeah, I like... Oh yeah, he, he dabbled in some reggae in yep. the, in the early 80s. Um, okay, so anyway. Uh, back to baseball. Let's see where we're at here. Let's look at the pitchers from yesterday. Who do you like from this group? Uh, Brandon McCarthy, Dan Straley, Joe Musgrove, getting a little bit better, Giovanni Gallardo, Zach Godley, Luis Perdomo, Matt Cain, Jesse Chavez. My favorites would be Musgrove and Perdomo, followed closely by Straley. The rest of them can... Yeah. I'm not particularly excited about any of them, but I mostly agree with that. What about I, Sean Manaya at 82%? Is he worth the 82% ownership? Yeah, I don't, I'm not really concerned. I said yesterday that I really don't like starting, starting pitchers in their first game back. And I think that's why. Like he had some rust early on. I think he finished stronger than he started. He did. I, I have him as a top, he's, I'd much rather have him than anybody on this list. Yes. Manaya for him has been very impressive. Manaya retired, I think, the last ten batters he faced, and he walked five, four of them in the first inning. So he got better as the game went on. Um, Zach Wheeler, eighty-three percent owned. Just got to keep starting him for now, right? Oh yeah, the Mets' second best pitcher until he gets shut down. Yeah, I guess so. Actually, I think he has a better ERA than he does. Better ERA than Degrom, right? Yep. So he's their best pitcher. ERA matters. ERA does matter. What do you think about Karis Davis and Nelson Cruz just kind of bopping along? Well, they're, they're they are elite hitters. Yeah, I think uh Cruz has been a a more reliable bopper this year, but uh yeah. D- Davis is doing his roto thing. Davis is batting 220. He's been a 245 hitter three straight years basically. Um, he hit 42 home runs, and it just got off a very cold stretch of a 125 batting average, four walks, 18 strikeouts in 12 games. So it's good to see Davis homer yesterday. Cruz is just, what can you say about him at this point? He's got three straight 40 homer years, 
And right now he's batting 319. But I think what's interesting about Cruz is that he's actually become a pretty good source for batting average. The last two yep. years he's batted 302 and 287. 287 is pretty good. He may be a right-handed poppy. Just does not. Yeah, like it, it, it's going to stop at some point. He's going to run out of gas and, and hit a wall, but. He may retire first. Yeah, it might happen after he retires. Last guy I want to talk about is Evan Longoria. Evan Longoria um, is right now the number 14 third baseman in points leagues, which surprised me. It was higher than I thought. He's 22nd in Roto. Why the difference for Longoria? He has 11 doubles. He also has a pretty good walk-to-strikeout ratio, 17 walks, 35 strikeouts. But he's batting 247 with five home runs, playing through a foot injury. And I've actually gotten some questions lately about dropping Longoria. Certainly in 10-team leagues I've gotten that question, maybe 12 as well, 12-team leagues. What are your thoughts on Evan Longoria, who was uh, the number eight third baseman in points, number 10 in Roto last year? I still have him ahead of Todd Frazier. I definitely have him ahead of Todd Frazier, for sure. I I think the interesting one is those three that Chris mentioned that he has directly behind Frazier. I would rather have Lamb, Shaw, or Castellanos than Longoria at this point. The foot injury is just, it's a big concern. That's that's the type of thing that just doesn't get better and uh, can really just kind of ruin a season. Like, it's the, it's the type of thing you can play through, but... It's hard to see him being a hundred percent. Yeah, like the power numbers look more like 2014 and 2015. Last year looks like the outlier. Last year was a big surprise. I thought Longoria was done, but you know, whatever. That's like I expect him to hit about twenty to twenty-five home runs, and I, I just. that's not so great at third base. Like that's very replaceable. Not if, not if you're a 250 hitter. No, yeah, yeah not and, at all. And one thing is he he hit a lot more fly balls last season. He's hitting a lot more both ground balls and line drives. And he's probably not a 250 hitter if he's hitting more line drives and ground balls. He's probably more like a 270 hitter. So he probably won't hurt you in batting average, but he's probably not special either. Okay, well, Chris is going to listen to Walk the Moon's first album, self-titled album, Walk the Moon, and he's going to report back to us tomorrow. I think he's going to really like it. I'm looking forward to that. So for Heath and Chris, I'm Adam. Thank you for playing along with us with The Feud. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Wednesday.